from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. The Catholic community in the St. Louis region is at a crossroads. A sweeping plan from the Archdiocese known as the All Things New Initiative is considering how to consolidate parishes and even close schools. It is no small undertaking. The Archdiocese of St. Louis includes 178 parishes, and its borders stretch from Ellsbury in the north to Frona, 150 miles south. Its parishes extend as far west as Herman, 80 miles west of St. Louis. Some of these parishes include multiple churches, schools, and institutions, and their futures are in limbo. On Tuesday, Brecht Mulliville, Executive Director of Communications at Archdiocese of St. Louis told producer Danny Wisentowski that big changes are needed to keep the faith community thriving. We have 178 parishes that stretch across 10 counties in the city of St. Louis. So it's helpful for us to consider where our parishioners are currently receiving sacraments like baptisms, weddings, or the Eucharist. And in this regard, we're trying to strike a balance between the pastoral care of the faithful, our evangelization efforts, and social outreach to the wider community. But All Things New isn't a plan everyone has agreed with. After public outcry, planned closures of parish schools have been delayed another year. But the parish closings are still on the table. The next big announcement is set for the holiday of Pentecost. So on May 28th, we will announce our final models for parish consolidation and restructuring. And so that's going to be um, sort of these models that we're considering now with our lay faithful and our priests and our clergy and non-clergy leaders. Well, we understand, of course, that change is incredibly difficult, uh, but resistance to change is no walk in the park either. And, and we understand that the archdiocese in 10 or 20 or even 50 years needs to be where our parishioners are, needs to be where our lay faithful are, and needs to be able to provide the sacraments to, to those who want to receive it. That was Brecht Malvahill. Executive Director of Communications at the Archdiocese of St. Louis, speaking earlier this week. This is a time of change for local Catholics, and to talk about this moment and what it could mean, we welcome Father Andrew Auer, an Associate Priest of St. Clair of Assisi in Ellisville. Father Auer, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little about your parish, St. Clair of Assisi, which is located in West County in Ellisville. St. Clair of Assisi is a wonderful parish. There's about 2,050 families there. So if you do people, probably 5,500, 6,000 people total. We have a parish school with about 200 students in it, uh, an active youth ministry. Uh, even coming up towards Easter, we have more than 10 Catholics who are going to be 10 non-Catholics who will be entering the church. Um, but in terms of all things new, one of the uh, things that will affect our parish, uh, these models were proposed, and in three of the models, all three models, my parish in Clare of Assisi will be merged with a neighboring parish, Ascension. That's what's been proposed thus far. And what discussions have been happening around that plan? Yeah, one of the things that's frustrating for me, frustrating it might be the wrong word, but as the 
priest, the leader of the community, has been kind of stopping some of the momentum that we had at the parish and just taking a step back and saying, the archbishop, our shepherd of this local church, has said, we as a community need to come together, reassess what our resources are, are and how can we use those best looking into the future. It's a really a beautiful strategic move, a step back. What's happening for the parishioners is saying, you know, we built our house here 50 years ago. This church, St. Clair, has been a staple of our family, of our community. We've worshiped here for such a long time. Um, this is where our friends are. We don't want to move. You know, we don't want... But at the same time, and this is in the difficulty of leadership, is how can we, as leaders, help others understand, you know, we're trying to leave a legacy, you know, and is that possible with us on our own, or do we need to align resources with our neighbors nearby? Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned momentum mm-hmm. earlier. What is some of the momentum that has existed? What, what are some of the things that have been growing or developing mm-hmm. in St. Clair? We have a really active St. Vincent de Paul community, St. Vincent de Paul Society, that in the last year has dealt out over $125,000 to neighbors in need um, in our local area. And you think West County, like, is there actually people who are, and there are, there are people who are truly in need who can't pay their their bills who might even be living on the streets. Um, that's that's a source of momentum. There's been, as I said, 10 um, or more non-Catholics who will be joining the church here in a little while, people interested in coming to our uh, Catholic grade school. So there's been a lot of momentum in terms of where we can take this community. And that's certainly a charism, a gift of what's happening at St. Clair. And I know that's happening in other places as well. No. Your power is limited. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> In so many ways, Elaine. Yeah, you won't get to decide you know, which parishes combine or close. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have been assisting in the Mm -hmm. evaluation of some of the thousands of survey responses Mm -hmm. that parishioners have submitted about what they want to see in -hmm. the future of their churches and parishes. What immediately applicable takeaways did you glean from looking at those responses? There's no easy decisions. That's maybe the easiest takeaway. There is no easy decisions. But, you know, all hands on deck in terms of this process. So as you mentioned, I was asked to help evaluate some of the feedback. One of the real early concerns when All Things New was launched was saying Archbishop in his desk at the Archdiocese has a a big old folder with all the decisions laid out. And they don't really care about our feedback. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Archbishop is one of the most consultative people. He wants feedback. He wants to know what are the hearts of the people? What are your thoughts? So what I was tasked with, just a a part of this, is to receive some of the feedback from one of the planning areas. There are 15 planning areas total. And see what are some of the people saying? What are their pastors saying? What are the concerns of why this model of two parishes combining wouldn't work? Um, Why might it work? And so just trying to receive all that information. And of course, you have one person on one side saying this is perfect, and then you have somebody on the other side saying this will absolutely not work. And somebody has to be um, the, the decisive voice in the room ultimately to make that hard decision. We're speaking with Father Andrew Auer, who's the Associate Priest of St. Clair of Assisi in Ellisville, and we're talking about uh, crossroads for St. Louis Catholics and uh, some of the things that are specific to mm-hmm. this uh, new plan that's coming. Now, let's go back to 2020 
You mm-hmm. were then uh, a very recently ordained priest, young priest at that. Yes. And you found yourself at a group meeting with other young priests. Mm-hmm. And the newly appointed Archbishop, Mitchell Rosansky, that meeting turned uh, out to be what would become the All Things New plan. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the feedback that you as a, a group of young priests had for the Archbishop then. Mm-hmm. That was a real act of hospitality by one of my good priest friends to say, hey, the archbishop is new here, and we want to welcome him to get to know him better and that he would get to know us, you know. So one of my buddies, I think he he prepared and cooked these three or four separate meals with young priests. We're so blessed. We really, you know, we talk about a, having a priest shortage here in St. Louis. In some ways we do, but we've really ordained a lot of priests in the past 10 or 15 years. We're mm. incredibly blessed compared to some of our neighboring dioceses and dioceses across the United States. However, at those uh, those dinner meetings, it was really beautiful to just get to know about Archbishop. He's from the East Coast, Baltimore, and he served in um, Massachusetts as well. And he was interested to know what was on our hearts. And we're kind of looking, assessing the far reaches of the diocese. You know, the baby boomer priests, it was, it's a huge generation, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then it was almost an anomaly of how many of them became priests, almost a disproportionate, you know, it's like we really had a spike. All those guys, good and faithful servants, are coming to the age that they want to retire, you know, and inherit the kingdom promised them. (laughs) And uh, they're looking at us and saying, I hope you can take this over. But we're saying uh, there's actually not going to be enough of us to handle 178 parishes Mm. and to do so effectively. Mm -hmm. Could we hear confessions? Could we celebrate mass? Could we do the baptisms? We could probably get it done, quote unquote. But could we really be effective in... um, and operate from a position of strength each and every day. Or in a concern of mine would be to be so stretched thin that maybe we would burn out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's we have to take care of our priests that way too. Well, and one of the points too is that Mass happens every day. It's not just a, oh, no, a yeah. Sunday thing. I don't just work on Sundays, as it turns out. You know? <laughs> it happens every day. And um, of, every day there's somebody calling. You know, today alone, I've received two calls about parishioners who have died. So next week I'll probably have two separate funerals um, in the middle of the day. And that, that takes um, a number of hours in preparation and growing, going with the family and helping them grieve. Um, so there's a lot on the plate of a priest. And you had mentioned sort of the over-representation maybe of, mm-hmm. of boomer uh, generation priests. And from the notes that I have, you had also mentioned something about over-planting. Mm. So in this conversation sort of about the new people who are coming in, the non-Catholics mm-hmm. to your parish, and then you know, planting, like what is, what is the thing with overplanting? My thought on that, you know, think back. If you find the, the keystone, the capstone of um, the cornerstone, I should say, of your parish, local parish, many of them, especially anywhere near the city, would have been built in the 1950s, 1960s, maybe even early 70s. And that's when baby boomers, you know, w- these families are huge. I was thinking about this yesterday. Both of my parents are one of six children. 
and my dad has more than 50 first cousins. Wow. And I don't think any of those 50 first cousins had six kids. Mm -hmm. And so you think about family size that's been trending since the 50s, 60s, 70s across America. We are just, it's a demographic problem. Um, We're just smaller. We overplanted churches because we thought that the need would be there. And now we're looking back 60 years later and saying, oh, maybe we didn't need those churches. Um, and so how can we be strategic in saying, this is the local community, local Catholic community, and how can we serve you best? We might have to eliminate one of these parish churches and kind of reassess and find a new home at a neighboring parish. Now, there has been all of this discussion about reduction, right, in aspects mm. of Catholic life here in St. Louis. But there have also been signs of energy and passion and faith. Right. And last week, some 17,000 people gathered in the dome at America's Center mm-hmm. here in St. Louis. And they were here for the SEEK conference, which is organized by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students mm-hmm. to, the, to the point about generations. Now, about half of the number who were at the conference were college students, and among them there were local believers and young Catholics from you know, other parts of the states as well as further beyond. And you were there mm-hmm. as well. What was that experience like for you in the context of changes that are on, afoot here in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Elaine, I wish you could have been there. You could have been there. Here's the good news, too. Next year, I'm going to get you there because they announced on Thursday of last week that they're actually bringing the conference back to St. Louis, which is really exciting. Oh, okay. We can talk about that later. No, it's it was such a gift to host Seek in St. Louis. Really, the city put their best foot forward. I was very impressed by the hospitality at the convention center and at, at the Dome. But as you say, certainly more than half of those 17,000 Catholics were um, college students, there is so much momentum on college campuses towards, we use the jargon word, evangelization, of spreading the gospel. What is the good news of Jesus Christ? Like, what did, what did Jesus actually come to do? And how does he come to set us free from all the, the worst things that plague each and every human heart? And so it was these college students who, it was so exciting just to see their energy, their desire, like the, the verve that they share. And I think it's just so important, you know, a parish, a, a community it ultimately is also a family, brothers and sisters. And you see like this as a family, there's so much excitement around our youth, especially at SEEK last week. So the this concept, you've just mentioned evangelization. Yeah. Another one that appears frequently in the All Things New plan is discipleship. Mm-hmm. So you did explain briefly what evangelization is. Sure. What is discipleship? Right. And with evangelization, you know, we, it literally translates the good news, right? Um, I say this to parishioners a lot, that there's no news, you know, like the good news is no news. You don't know the bad news. And the bad news is that all of us are struggling with something and that the Lord has something to offer us. In terms of discipleship, it's like, it's exactly what Jesus does. Read the gospels. He goes on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he says, hey, Andrew, Hey, Peter, I'm going to call you from fishing men, and I need you to come follow me. And then James, and then John, and then Matthew, Mary Magdalene, and he has them follow him. To to be a disciple means to be a follower, to walk in the footsteps of the master. You're an apprentice. You learn, you speak like he speaks, you walk like he walks. 
And if all of us can love like Jesus loves, it's going to be transformative. I mean, it's going to change the world. So to be in the footsteps of the master is what discipleship is all about. So being able to, if I've received something, and I'm so grateful as a priest, I've received an amazing formation, but in my prayer every day, I speak to the Lord, and I want to be able to teach and show that to somebody else. And that's what we really mean by discipleship Mm -hmm. is how do I grow in friendship with someone and say, I want to introduce you to the Lord who's transformed my life. So that transformation is not limited to new people, but also to existing believers. So how might consolidation of Mm -hmm. parishes actually promote or advance Mm -hmm. these priorities of evangelization and discipleship Mm -hmm. within the church? So in other words, is there a vision and mission-oriented silver lining to some of these changes that are going to come? Mm If I can do a, a really quick plug for St. Clair of Assisi is that right now I don't have a I don't have a youth minister at St. Clair, and we have a lot of young people who are searching, who are yearning to be fed, um, to be discipled in this way. And you think, well, where are these people going to come from? We have less and less people, so we need to have competent staffs. Your priest at your local parish cannot do it all. We need to be able to maintain and retain competent staff who do know the Lord, who are able to speak effectively, who are able to teach. And that's where I would say to consolidate resources means we can pay you well, we can pay you equitably, equitably and be sure that you have a, a lovely livelihood as well. Thank you so much for coming today. Father Andrew Auer is an associate priest of St. Clair of Assisi in Ellisville. We're talking here, we've been talking about this time of change for the local Catholic community. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.